Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagner, your host, and it feels so good. Yes, I took a little bit more time off and I am back. And I keep coming to this project because it truly feels like a part of my calling and purpose here to continue to hold space for powerful, influential people just like you to share your story so that we can collectively combine our strengths and our energies to help heighten and increase the vibrancy and light in this world. Today's episode, episode 19 with Dr. Deborah Ayer of Wellspring Center, felt absolutely perfect in coming back to this project. Dr. Deb dives into what network care is. She is a network chiropractor, owner, and founder of Wellspring Center, and it is absolutely magical what she is doing here in this area as well as out there in the world with her teaching and leading. She describes her journey that got her here and talks about the balance of being a mom and going after her mission and integrating all of that. Um, And she shares some beautiful, powerful moments, not always easy moments, but talks about what it meant to truly awaken and come alive. She shares some of her daily practices and what nourishes her core. It is absolutely beautiful. We could have talked for days, so we definitely decided we'll be doing more episodes together. So I invite you to tune in, enjoy the magic. Dr. Deb is a powerhouse of a woman, leader, healer, mother, and network chiropractor. Enjoy. So today I have the enormous pleasure of sitting across from one of the most powerful, inspiring lights in this community that I've had the opportunity to meet recently. I feel like I've known you for a long time. I agree. I agree. So Dr. (laughs) Deborah Ayer of Wellspring Center in the Seacoast area is sitting with me and yeah, I already feel the energy just like coming in (laughs) just with you. Um, yeah, I don't even, it's like hard to know where to begin. How to begin is the question. Tell me, um, what you do. Let's share that. I was going to dive into your introduction, but I want you to be able to share, um, what is Wellspring Center to you? Well, um, it's a beautiful question. Um, and I'll, I'll answer part of it and then probably go to a little bit about me so that, that it can have some meaning. Um, so Wellspring Center for Wellbeing is, it's an entity, a spirit, a soul of itself. Um, I learned, um, you know, not at the very beginning of Wellspring, but through my relationshiping, through my living with and through um, Wellspring that, um, you know, I started off in the typical way of a business owner thinking like, okay, this is me, you know, and it can get blurred between the lines of like who I am and who this business is and feeling the responsibilities and all the different hats you wear to represent and to nurture and to grow 
a business. So <clears throat> today, Wellspring Center for Wellbeing is alive. It is um, a hub. It is a place where tribes can grow. Mm. It is a place where, I mean, I feel like just you asking me that question. I've got these are like, I always know when I'm speaking to people at the tables and or I'm working with people through workshops and it's like I get the the spidey senses. It's like, okay, here's the, the truth. So I'm grateful to say that this is, I am the, the steward of Wellspring, but it is a place where people can come home. Mm. And sometimes this is the place where it is kind of, so for some people, it's their only home where they can just walk in and immediately know that they don't have to wear any hat, mm. that they can just walk in and we see them, we're with them. And that goes from the moment you walk in to the front desk, which I know you've experienced. Yes. It's like, it's it's the real deal, you know? And I'm extremely grateful to be part of it. It's not like I'm in control of that mm. as much as really continue to surrender to what this becomes. And and um, so from the second you walk in to even the people you meet, like, you know, just yesterday I had someone who <clears throat> um, is brand new to Wellspring and they, you know, it was, she had just moved here from Hawaii and, and she was just like this, you know, immediately she got that feeling of mm. like, this is just a place where it's like, I found where I can be seen. And this person is an amazing healer. And, you know, I think as healers, as leaders, um, as, you know, energy workers, all these things that we do as innovators in the world, or even like moms, mm -hmm. we can have this illusion of having to do it alone. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so this has really become this place. Ironically, I started out with Wellspring thinking like, oh my God, I have to do this alone. Like I have to support this place. Yes. I have to support my child. I have to do all these things to make this thing work. And you have to wear all the hats. And, and I have to all. wear all yeah. the hats. Yeah. And then it's paradoxically evolved in this place that's supporting me. And mm. like, I just, I feel the emotion of that. It's like, wow, I get to be nurtured while I'm able to sing my song to the world if whatever and that people get to be part of this whether they're a team member and you know the staff or whether they're a member because they're receiving care mm -hmm. we are really all these sort of souls that intertwine and all have a really important thread and purpose of being here and so what lights me up is seeing that as a breathing entity. And when that flipped, and I don't know exactly when that switch flipped, I was like, oh, like, Wellspring has a life of its own. Yeah. Like, I could, like, even alive. pick me out of it. And mm. it's like, it's running. Mm. It is a soul of its own. And so um, that's kind of the, the short-ish yes. answer. Yeah. Um, and to kind of maybe pause a moment to just, like, you know, reflect on how I got here to yes. this day, speaking with you, it's, um, you know, I was, oh my gosh, how to start. Um, I know. I, I have all these questions. I'm like, well, how yeah. And you're more than it? welcome what? to like, yeah. boom. Like, no, I love it. Go I, in I there because I'll just keep free flowing. Go with your flow. <laughs> I'm right here. But don't, yeah, you, you, you jump in. Um, but I think like how I got to Wellspring starts, you know, and I won't tell you my whole life story, but I'm, I was thinking of some points 
of my life of what like how do you like when someone has asked me about like how did you get here what's your journey and you know when someone like first asked me that I'm kind of like I don't know because like you're you are where you are yeah and so sometimes yeah and it's like as you go through your journey of life you are finding these uh, new baselines of who you are. And once that happens, it's like it's it's kind of transcended. Mm. And it doesn't mean that the past doesn't exist. It just is like sort of uh, integrated with everything of where you're at. So then I have to pause and go, what is my journey? And then it's like this kind of cool surprise, like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, look, wow, that happened? Right. Oh my gosh, that, oh wow, that was a trajectory change. And mm. so um, clearly I won't go through all of them today, but just kind of to, to kind of tie back into the question of like, yes. how did you get to Wellspring? Like what were those aha <coughs> moments or those defining moments that led you to network well, healing? And I, yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think, I think it has to start even with how I even got into the... Um, like who I am and how I got into even really wanting to serve people Mm. and knowing that in some way without even boxing in what healing means, like that I wanted to serve people in a way that woke them up, that supported them, um, where they found more of themselves that perhaps they had lost, you know, Mm. like I knew that, like I was the kid that everybody went to, Mm. you know, like they didn't know. And I was like, why is everybody telling me their secrets? You know, I'm just imagining little, Deb, like, like <laughs> this, this well, light around you, because that's what I you. see and feel right now. So I'm imagining the, the same you as a little girl. Yeah, little pigtails. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because so I have three older brothers, oh, and I have no sisters. And so one of the things that's interesting is I really, um, I kind of feel like I did come in as this, you know, light, if you will. We all are, but. That it's, you know, and I think we, a lot of us can relate to this feeling of sometimes going, gosh, I don't know that I fit into anything, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. that I like love my family and I love my brothers, but, you know, especially having three older brothers, I always wanted to kind of try to fit in, yeah you know, and I remember there was this joke, like I have this scar on my finger because I I was following them one day because I wanted to be part of their clan. Yeah. And I'm like right behind him. My brother just like shut the door of my finger. And there's this picture that I have embedded in my, in my mind of these pigtails. And I'm like at this big bandage. My mom was a nurse, big bandage around my finger. finger. It was like a little tear coming from my eye. (laughs) And so, but on that note, it's like wanting to fit in and also knowing that, like, that there's this sensitivity of who you are. And <clears throat> I heard a lot growing up, like, you're sensitive, mm-hmm. you know. And usually in our culture, if someone was to say, Annie, you're sensitive, does that feel like a, like, a supportive thing? I now, yes, yes but no. For, yes. I mean, culturally, societally, no. It's yes. definitely usually a feels like. Um, it's like you're too negative. sensitive. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? You're too sensitive. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if we were, I was, I was to, you know, I was tracking back the other day. I'm like, what would it have been like if like being called sensitive at that time? And that was even in school. Mm. Um, that was with my family, you know, and I'd be like, oh, it would be, you know, Debbie do, doing the crying, you know, <laughs> and, and everybody would be like, okay, she's going to say grace and it's going to be a while because she's just going to be crying. But really she's going to be igniting these uncomfortable feelings in us. Yes. And it's not that they didn't absolutely love me, but there was, 
there's something about when you have sensitivity. Yeah. And, you know, I even looked it up the other day and it was like, you know, the ability to be sense or being sensitive is the ability of being able to recognize subtle cues, being able to recognize like the subtle changes that go on, mm. which is a really incredible gift. Yeah. But like, I, I wonder what it would have been like if, you know, my parents said, wow, you're very, being sensitive is being sensible. You know, like, yeah. and I looked at sense, if they had like, yeah. pivoted that. Because and culturally, if you're sensible, mm. you are on the right track. Mm-hmm. And sensible even means like the ability to perceive. So it's mm. not that far off. Right. But culturally, there's such a big difference. They're miles away from <laughs> yeah. each other, like different coasts. Yeah. And so I came into the world very sensitive. And I learned at a pretty young age, and I think especially trying to fit in and belong. And I love my brothers, like fit in and be like one of the guys and thinking like really growing up and thinking like, there's no different. I'm just as strong as them. I can do what they do. And some parts of that are true. But what sensitivities did I have to shut off? Mm. Did I have to ignore to be this more sensible, strong kind of person? And so it was probably very like compartmentalized. Like, good. Yeah. Shut and this I, part down in yeah. order to show up in this way. Right. Yeah. And so for many years, I judged that, mm. you know, if, if, um, and it's not always tears, but if tears would come up or I would sense things, um, I would, you know, I'd tone them down and I neurologically, mm-hmm. literally neurologically rewired that. Mm. I mean, I didn't mean to. Right. It's just how we grow up. Yeah. And so, um, and it's interesting because the sounds yes. <laughs> but, yes. um, so you know it's interesting the very thing that I think that are very innate gifts are the things through our life often early on in childhood that can sometimes be our biggest pains mm. or our wounds I was about to say I feel like this you know you see that or you hear that like our, our greatest wounds yes often. Um, shed light on our, our purpose and yeah. our, our gift. And really, that is our gift. Yeah. Like, the wound is the gift. Yeah. You know, my mentor, who is also the founder of Network Care, often talks about, you know, your symptom, your wound, your disease, whatever. What if that was meant to interrupt your life? Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't something you have to get rid of? Like, it's there. It has arrived on your you. doorstep <laughs> to, to say, hey, like, I'm here to interrupt your life because your life isn't on the track that it needs to be. Yeah. You have lost connection with who you truly are. Right. And so... Listen to me. I have this yeah. issue. Right. <laughs> Versus like, oh my God, I can do everything to, to get rid of this thing. Mm. And that is not an uncommon pulse or energy in our culture. Because, and we can talk about this in a moment, but that we are a culture that's inundated with noise with so much energy and information flowing around us and mm. within us that it is inescapable. Yeah. And we must figure out ways and how to navigate that because really the true way that everybody would probably agree to truly navigate is to move to a deserted island, go off grid, and to you're avoid. hearing that. <laughs> yes, yeah. is to avoid. Let's escape this. And a lot of times, the scariest part is the avoidance we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. When we're in crisis, we realize, I want to get rid of this. This is never going to end. There's a lot of sort of 
languaging that we can recognize in ourselves or perceptions that we go, okay, this is, you know, I want to get rid of this. Yeah. But the scarier part is the sort of the numbness that happens when mm. we don't even know. Yeah. So, but back on to me. Yes. <laughs> I know. I got to. I'm, this is, this so is just going to flow. I like love this. <laughs> but, you know, it's taken a lot of years to realize, especially even, <clears throat> you know, being sensitive brought me into, I think, organically into wanting to be in some sort of quote unquote profession that was serving or helping people. Mm -hmm. I already knew that. And so, you know, how I got introduced to chiropractic, I literally was in chem lab. I went to San Diego State and I was with a friend and he was like, yeah, I mean, I remember his energy more than anything. Mm -hmm. And it was like this and it was novel to me, or it wasn't, it was novel in what I got to see, but it, it spoke to me because it was like speaking to me like, oh, that's what I'm like. There's something about me that so resonates with the tone of his voice mm. and the way he's talking about this thing. And this thing was chiropractic. So this mirror right in front of you. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we're in chem lab. We've got our, you know, our goggles on. And he's <laughs> just like, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to chiropractic school after college, blah, blah, blah. And he started talking faster, kind of like I am now. And he's excited and I was like wow like what is that and I really honestly didn't I've of course heard of chiropractic but I didn't grow up really knowing anything about it Hmm. not anything negative not anything good just really I think one of my brothers went and got a few adjustments when he was had a football injury that's Mm -hmm. about all I knew and so that's kind of how it started because I had um, looked into other professions and I was so diligent. I was like, you know, I can see how that tracked through my life. You know, my parents were very responsible and I was like trying to be like my brother. So I kind of always was like valued doing the right thing. Mm. And especially when, you know, all my brothers kind of, you know, at one point, probably cross the line as kids do and I remember my parents going like we're just waiting for you to do that you know (laughs) and I remember going okay watch me yeah (laughs) I'm gonna be so good (laughs) I'm gonna be so good that you can't even you know Mm. and I was Mm -hmm. and was that part of your like was it present with you though to be good like did you feel like now I have to like prove to them Kind of. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I don't know how present, like what storyline went through, but it was really clear. Like, I'll show you. Yeah. In in a loving way, but it's like, don't tell me that. Like, it was like, I can be good. Like, I don't, and clearly I didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. And, you know, and you're a mom. I'm a mom. We all say things to our kids and they're all like, we go, my God, was that the right thing to say? So this isn't anything about my parents as much as just sort of the natural way in which we're using the cultural lens to try to, and all the other things that we're doing to learn of becoming who we are and how we want to influence our children. Because ultimately all we want is the best for them. Exactly. Right. And so I was the fourth one and they're like, yep, come on, you're going to do it too. I was like, but you know then years later you know I get into chiropractic um and after that conversation with my friend like all these serendipitous things happen you know driving home from college I see a spinal screening I won't go into all of it started working for a chiropractor because I said well this is what I gotta do I gotta feel it I gotta feel what so then we started going into my sensory kind of coming back home to 
to to trusting that, but also having a real like focus on the cognitive piece of what's the right thing to do. And I, I, I had a huge value of being able to stand on my own two feet. Yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm just want to interrupt you for one second, Deb. I'm feeling this like incredible like um, thirst and like hunger for the like scientific like knowledge piece um, which you are so knowledgeable in which is absolutely incredible and powerful and then like this awakening this softening to your sensitivity and in like such a beautiful way as you share this yeah because uh, for so long you had numbed it or shut it down yeah so did you find that you um I guess you just said use the word trust but how did you begin to continue to trust that part of you in in a and see it as a positive as opposed to growing up and feeling like it was seen as negative right it's a great question so um, and you are so, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with your intuition. Like I still super, super value the science and, um, and when I say science, like the reproducibility of things, yeah. you know, science is just our study of life and the world of our best capacity using the instruments and all these kinds of things. So, um, there's some pretty amazing science when it comes to network care, um, to answer your question, the truth is. I really, even getting into chiropractic, so I was out in California at the time, I loved chiropractic and I loved, you know, I went to school for it, became a chiropractor, uh, practiced out in California, loved it, and yet I knew there was something missing and Mm. it's what you're hitting. It's like, I mean, I love people. I'm always this way. (laughs) Yes. But there was the lack of, unconsciously, I think, the, the lack of trusting this gift of the essence of who I am Mm. and how do you blend that with this sort of tree of knowledge right and the tree of knowing it doesn't have to be one or the other right like it is not and there are times in practice where I would put a lot of focus on the tree of knowledge as I was working with people and you had to go okay this intuition isn't going to go away Mm -hmm. but maybe this is more in the foreground Mm. or maybe so that's been a that's been a dance I mean I've been in Wellspring now since 1996 Mm -hmm. so there's there's a whole evolution and dancing just kind of like a relationship that you go through and you'd go my god remember us 20 years ago you know what I mean (laughs) right that's what I say when I I sit here and I talk to Wellspring go remember us 20 years yeah 22 years celebrate so So to answer your question, the quick answer is network care. I, my God, I had no idea. I was called. We all know what it feels like to have calling, you know, that we're being called towards something that may not logically even make sense. Mm -hmm. And there was some logic, but there was a calling to come back to New England in which I grew up in New England. I was about to ask, did you grow up? I did. I grew up in New Hampshire and um, I moved to California. I was 18. Again, a calling. Mm -hmm. And um, that's another podcast. Yeah. But we've already decided, by the way, listeners, that we are going to be doing multiple podcasts together. So this is just just the beginning. Yes. Um, So I I came here and I was going to buy a different practice. For whatever reason, and it, I don't think it matters for this podcast, I wanted to buy something that was already established. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was my confidence level, whether it was just how I processed information that I would do that more effectively. So I went into this practice, not this one, I went into a different practice in which I was really probably 90% like, yes, this is happening. And walked in and... All of a sudden, like, it was like, 
And, uh, you know, the gentleman was lovely and everything was like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes I'm just please, please. 3,000 miles to oh do this. Gosh. Are you crazy? Right, right. Like, don't tell me this. And a little side note, hopefully it doesn't pull us too far off, is a week prior to that, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. So my husband and I at the time drove cross country from all of our tribe, our friends, our dear friends out in California to me, like going, I'm going to, you know, start a business. Of course, I have lots of student loans, like too many to woo. And I'm going, gosh, what? Why is my my body feeling this way? Why find out I'm pregnant? So now I've moved 3000 miles away from what I know. I'm going to buy a business. I'm in a challenged marriage and I'm pregnant. (laughs) So, you know, the universe is like, we're going to stack this for you so much so that your body, because when you know this, when you're pregnant, are there sensitivities that go higher? Higher. Yes. Very much so. So I now believe that my son was like, oh, no, 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 no. You need to go in this direction. Your son came to help you. Oh, my gosh. Just got the chills. He did. Yeah. And there are so many times that child, when he was two, three, like he would say words that came out of his mouth, the tone would change, and then he would like click back into himself. I'm like, and he was like, this sage wisdom would come out of that mouth, and I'd get chills, and (laughs) I'd be like, turn around, like, who said that? Is someone like moving his lips? Oh my God. Like, I guess the answer is yes. But so I walked into this other practice, and everything was like, no, 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 no. And I literally was like, I'm going to vomit on the carpet right now. So, like, I think I just just want to crawl in. Because Bailey was like, yeah, pretty much. Bailey was like, no, 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 no. Look at at this morning's sickness. Oh my God. In the afternoon. (laughs) So, um, so that day, I'm thinking, okay, let's. We got to reassess. Just moved everything we know. I have to do this because at the time, I knew that I was going to be probably the sole breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I have to do this, even though it's my dream and my goal. Now I'm like seeing this whole other experience. What does it mean that I'm going to be coming a mother, living in this new yeah. place? That's actually an hour away from where I grew up. So even though my parents were around, it was, you know, it was a new environment, new tribe. Yeah, yeah, didn't have a tribe. Um, Talk about, wow, just talk about courage and boldness. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. You know, (laughs) just facing or sitting with that. I mean, you were talking about that earlier, but just sitting with all that information coming to you and then all the... The body, the body messages <laughs> and <Yeah>. discomfort. <laughs> I remember looking at that pregnancy test for like 20 minutes, like trying to like wink and wince, like, am I seeing that right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and really trying to contemplate what does that mean? Yeah. And it could have been very easily to just easy to just go, okay, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. How could I be pregnant, have no money, be on Medicaid and buy a business? How like none of that makes sense. Yeah. And yet, to go back to the sense, like it forces you to go with something that's, you, you go through the channels, like you, you talk to the lawyer, you, talk, you do all that stuff, but you have to go with something that's more than that. And yeah. clearly I did. And so, um, so that same day when I got the no, 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 and my son was like, no, we're going to make you sick. And um, I made a phone call and basically I said, hey, uh, to, this is to the state board examiners of the, um, of, for chiropractors in New Hampshire. And I said, hey, you know, do, do you have any, do you have any listings for any doctors who may be selling their practices? Because I'm like, I better get back on this. <laughs> that same and day you did that? That same day. Wow, 
talk about and and the woman I'll never forget she's like oh we don't do that we have there's chiropractic associations there's two of them in New Hampshire you can go ahead and they'll you know you may have better luck there and I was like okay I said just for the heck of it can you just put my name and number down please and Mm. she's like okay the next day no joke this is this is the truth people (laughs) um I get a phone call from somebody who's at that time was the owner of Wellspring. Wow. Who called that evening or afternoon, excuse me. After you had, after I'd called oh and said, God. I want a list of all the new new practitioners because he was selling his practice. And I my that name had just yeah. I had just been like, Can you just put my name down? So he called me. The universe, yeah. yeah. We're like, here we go. <laughs> I know nothing about network care at the time. I walk in. As soon as I walk in, you know, he's got the Buddhist monks playing in the background. I had never heard that before. And, like, everything's like, Bailey's like, yes, 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 yes. That's my son. <laughs> you know, my body was like, yes, 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 yes. Hadn't even met him. I remember turning the corner and everything slows down. And it was like something was, it was just a wow. done deal. Yeah. And I remember looking at his um, business card and it said, network chiropractor and at the time and and this is very common for many chiropractors is that we really like to support each other and we really trust and believe that the world can um, gain you know benefit from really having their nervous systems accessed and supported Mm -hmm. in the different ways that you can do that under the umbrella of chiropractic and so we're we're not so much competitive as much as supported to each other so I said oh that's great like you have a whole network of doctors and he's like well we do get along but that's not what it is and so that was my first I love that that was the way your your brain wrapped around it that was (laughs) collective support and energy which (laughs) in Many ways is what you spoke of Wellspring Center now being. True. That's very true, actually. So wait, come back. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's a great. I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And so I had, you know, through all through chiropractic school, even before chiropractic school, when I worked for a chiropractor, all through chiropractic school, and then three years of practicing out in California before I moved here, never heard of network care. Not once. Didn't even know about so it. So it wasn't mentioned at all through school. At I think it was. It yeah, just was off just my radar. radar. I never heard of it. Okay. <clears throat> um, I know there were people. And I went, yeah, I went to a school where it wasn't as um, much of a presence, I mm-hmm. think, as well. So, you know, he lays someone. He goes, well, you know, there's this this whole other thing called network care. And in ni- this was 1996. Network care was a whole different evolution. And mm-hmm. that's another thing. Kind of how I described Wellspring, network care is a living entity, meaning that the application shifts and changes as um, humanity changes, as like the nervous system makes these changes and gets more efficient, we get more refined and efficient at how we even apply the work, mm. which is I don't know a lot about, like, you know what I mean? We learn age-old traditions, which are super important, but this is like this evolving living entity, which was always an amazing thing. And, like, a lot of docs would be like, I hate this. You go to a seminar, and then you have to learn another thing. You're never really done. You know, I can get it Mm -hmm. because... And you didn't have to. Because you want to feel like you're a master in this. And the truth is you're... Always going to be learning. Absolutely. <laughs> and and that's where the mastery comes, yeah. right? Is the humbleness to say there's always more. Yeah. And to go, wow, like there is in evolution, there is going to be the learning of refinement and in, in, in wisdom that emerges that maybe hasn't quite emerged in that way before. Yeah. And so I feel like that is part of mastery is to feel both 
accumulation of learning, accumulation of presence, accumulation of knowing all the different facets of how to apply your work, whilst at the same time allowing yourself to be like the baby with with novel eyes that goes, mm. oh, like the world, like I'm going to learn something and and I'm going to allow myself to be surprised, to not know, to be certain and know that the other end of that certainty is uncertainty. Well, talk about meeting someone. So any individual who comes in, even if they've been seeing you for years, you know, mm-hmm. meeting them with complete presence as opposed to like, yeah, it's like like having your idea of how you're going to treat them before yeah. they come in, you yeah. know, which again, it's just human of us to kind of even just sitting here with you, Deb, like I catch myself, my mind going, oh, I want to ask her this. And like, no, no, come right back yeah. here, you know, so there's yeah, that. but that's. That's beautiful. That's mastery, I think. To thank you, and I and I will. S- yeah, thank you so much. It's um, and it's interesting because because it was such a match for me. Uh, the first time I heard Donnie Epstein, like I said, who's the founder of Network Care, speak, I probably understood maybe maybe this is probably being nice on me. Twenty percent of what he said. <laughs> that man is like. Boom, he just has got like the, the science and he just and he talks fast and he's from Brooklyn and he's just <laughs> but everything was like wow. Yes, yes, capital Y E S. And um I always told myself from the very beginning, like, I'm gonna keep following this if it continues to say yes and it mm-hmm. continues to and it's you know, that's twenty whatever years later. Yeah. Um and so it's um one of the things that I feel like at this point in my life I can share very humbly is is what you just mentioned is is um, is the ability to just be with people and the ability to be in presence and we use that word a lot yeah. um, but what does that really mean mm-hmm. to be present and and to be able like you said to see people that maybe you've known for 20 years and to see the light as if it's the first time you see that spark that gets to integrate with all the other beautiful history you know about them mm-hmm. and not being not having to lock in that history right. so it feels solid as much as that this is a way that catapults even a deeper relationship yeah yeah and so um and i again going to the network care which i know we want to talk about that and some of the specifics of that that I attribute because one of the things that I did immediately in being introduced to network care was have my son and me start getting the care. Become a student of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we used to drive to Portland, Maine once a week. Wow. And get what we call doubles, you know, and we would just hang. That would be our day. And it was like, yes, I'll drive anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and so we would get in the car and you know it was amazing like what would happen and what happened with him and how like it just rocked our worlds and we had had chiropractic before but this was something so far beyond um and who i continue to get to become Mm -hmm. is such a gift so i'm i'm beyond grateful for the gifts that i've gained from this work and you know just by nature of who i am i just kept digging deeper and immersing deeper into it and became a teacher of the work um also became a facilitator um at uh what they call the transformational gates in which there are international gates that people go and get collectively get this care oh wow um and i did that for many many years and just recently have 
not stepped away from network by any means, but really just said, gosh, how can I, because it would lead me away from Wellspring or lead me away from our local community a lot because I'd be traveling. Um, Traveling to do those talks. To to do the the seminars, to teach seminars to doctors and to also, yeah, facilitate at these gates and also go and receive the work Mm. from straight from Donnie. And so, um, and now it's like, it's this soul, like, growing up time that says, wow, how do I take this and many other mentors I have too, like how do I take and go back to that place of the essence of who I am and take all these gifts that I've learned and what does that get to look like through Wellspring and even beyond? Yeah. And so it's just time, you know, it's just, it's, it's, and I think being able to honor the rhythms and the cycles of our lives Mm. is, can be a challenging thing. And it also is a gift to be able to listen to, wow, this may be a bigger shift, a momentum shift, a phase change, I call it, in our life, in my life in this mm-hmm. case. And it was to kind of step away from the act of teaching and being a leader in that and people going, what, you're not going to teach anymore. Right. And, you know, that's challenging because you lo- I love everybody and I really want to serve and I love doing that. But being, again, sort of like I was called here and found network Mm. it was like I'm being called to say wow what is next how can I use this accumulation to really spark a greater range of humanity because humanity definitely needs it and so powerful and beautiful and that ability to let go of attachment to perhaps that because I imagine I can only imagine you're such a powerful speaker and leader in that in that way of teaching Um, and you and you light up you can tell just by you speaking and seeing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having this opportunity to sit across from Deb right now so I can see her eyes and the spark um, and we are also sitting I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning I was just so excited to dive right in but we are sitting in the Wellspring Center right now and the light pouring in is beautiful so but I can feel that energy so I can imagine letting go of that attachment from that to shift back to okay where where do I need to be where, where am I called to right yeah. now um, was has been I guess that's the human challenge. Absolutely. It was no, it was no, yeah, it was no easy task in some ways, you know, because there's so much that we identify with. And here I am identified with this thing that has completely rocked my world in the best of ways. My son, my family, my community. And, you know, how can I sort of let that go? But that's part of when we identify with something Mm -hmm. and we must step out in our lives and identify with things and stand mm-hmm. for things and that's very important but being able to let other life energies come in and say hey it's time to you don't like you don't have to forget this identity right. you're expanding through and beyond and transcending that mm-hmm. and that empowering and holding space yeah. for it to continue to and the truth is, is we start feeling pain yes. if we try to stay there that's very true yeah you know yeah. and so um and I'd be happy to kind of lead into network care. Yeah, let's let's and talk about that. I know. I, I love this. I'm like, oh, well, what about this? Um, well, and the consciousness of what we're speaking to really lends itself in yeah. being able to talk about network care, yeah. I think, right now. You were going to... Yeah, so share. What, how, how, so let's say, um, let's, let's imagine our listeners, they're new to network mm-hmm. care. Um, mm-hmm. How, when you, I know you offer talks here to, to introduce it as well for people yes. and I know me I um for me I'm still 
Um, like I'll come in here and lie on the table and I, I just feel the energy in here. Yeah. I can feel, you know, the other people near me receiving care. And I have the hardest time to have, like, I'm like, drop out of the mind, Danny, drop out of the head, just trust, feel, because I so believe in it. But there is definitely that part of me that's still trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. So how do you describe it to people? So you're not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> at all. People are like, just go. I can't explain it. So that's why we do intro yeah. talks once a month. And sometimes we do outside talks as well. So um, know that anybody yeah. interested can absolutely um, attend intertalks at no charge. And awesome. we do a demonstration. Um, that being said, it's a great question. What is network? How do we, you know, what is it like for somebody to come in? And I think it's it's important to start with um, recognizing how healthcare has gone from really person-centered care where, you know, like Little House on the Prairie, the doctor would go to the family yes, yes. and they would look at the family dynamics and see how that is working out. And maybe if there's a sick child, that really there's something going on in that relationship mm. and really seeing the sort of whole uh, presence of what how that person is living their life. And healthcare has gone from that person-centered to diagnosis-centered. What's my diagnosis? I have anxiety disorder. I have mm. GERDs. I have, you know... Um, you know, IBS, I have all these things, I have cancer, um, to even metrics centered, we call it. It's like, what's, what are your numbers? Right. You know, your right. numbers saying, well, that's, what's your genetic testing saying? What is this? And we're racing to make sure we see what our numbers are. And we've lost sight of the connection of who we are. Mm-hmm. And really, I think we can talk a good story about believing that our body has an innate wisdom to heal. And secretly, we're petrified totally. that we're going to get sick. Like, I yeah. can feel it even when I say it. Yeah. You know, like, if someone has a pain or ache or we're petrified, like, is that cancer? Do right. I have a disease? Yeah. And these are real things because in our world, chronic disease is on the rise mm. more on how we're going about it. We're diverting constantly with medication or surgery or we're saying here, there's our body is speaking to us and we continue to divert it. And so what happens is your body will start to um, adapt. Our bodies are brilliant. Our bodies are magic. So at Wellspring, we're really saying, hey, we're going back to the you-centered care. And even our form, when you first fill out the form, it's like asking questions Yes, about your body, but you filled I love, it out. I loved your form. So it's like I could just sit here and journal forever. Right, <laughs> and, it's, like, and it's, it's beautiful. I was thank you, yeah. and it's specifically designed to know you and and know how you do you. Mm. How what are the patterns and how you see the world? What are those patterns that overwhelm you? What are those things that feel like you get to that moment to make that breakthrough and you feel stuck? What are those? So it, it allows the person to go through the journey. And I just said to somebody that was new yesterday, I said, you know, it starts with paperwork. It's yeah. not just like, here's my name. Here's right. this. This is who referred me. It's really about you. And so the questions we ask you spark. A lot of people don't get asked those questions. Mm. And we separate it. We go to this specialist for this and that specialist for that. So when you come in, we're sitting down with you and we've already read your form. We've read your perceptions of how you experience the world, what your history is, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, even spiritual, 
What was it like growing up? What are the things you notice that mean most to you or that you feel stuck in? Do you feel like you deserve more? Do you feel helpless? What are these things and that and how you perceive the world? And we also acknowledge that our nervous system is the filter for that. Yeah. Our nervous system is the filter that we live through. It's not just it makes our heart beat every day and allows our lungs to breathe and our cells to die and make new ones. It is the filter of everything from our physicalness of what supports and sustains us to be alive, from our ability to feel. Mm -hmm. And our ability to feel is super important. We're a culture Mm -hmm. that spends a lot of literally millions and millions of dollars to suppress our feeling. And our feeling tells us when to move right, when to move left. It, It allows our body to adapt to our life in a more authentic way. And when we're not able to feel, because a lot of times when we're, our systems are overwhelmed, mm-hmm. it's too much. We already have a full cup. Mm-hmm. So we go, you know, and we start to narrow our life. And that's what's called fight or flight. Yeah. And we narrow our life because fight or flight is when, when it's, it's a system built in evolutionarily in our physiology that says when you are in danger, you got to narrow your focus and you got to figure out what to do from your reptilian brain. You got to in and out. You know, it's the saber tooth tiger. You fight him or you flee. Yeah. And that's really the baseline of our culture right now. It's like, wow, we're just trying to, you know, figure out what is happening in the saber tooth tiger is that the emails the texts the you know picking you know my child up doing this and trying to do it yesterday because the pulse of the culture is now people don't really even read posts on facebook anymore they just want like the video and i commend y'all that are listening right now to even be sinking in with us yeah to say wow you know what there's something here for me yeah and because our you know our attention span has narrowed so much so we're looking when you come in we're looking to see the whole of you we're like okay how like how overwhelmed are you Mm. are you in this sort of you know we all are to some degree in this fight or flight do you feel overwhelmed do you feel like you're helpless do you feel like you know, you're, you're pissed off at the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and if the world would just go away, you'd be good. Mm. Um, do you feel like I said that, you know, stuck, like you just like, you know, there's more, but you can't go further. Do you feel like, damn, I deserve more, but I don't know how to go about it. Mm. And, you know, so when we're, the form allows us to look at the physical aspects in history of how your body decides or not decides to heal. You know, in in the patterns and like yes, and like are you? Some people will say, yeah, well, I'm really emotional, but they may be having like the same emotions again and again and again. Mm. Emotions are meant to be; they're a bandwidth of experience. Yeah, and when we narrow that because of chronic protection and overwhelm and exhaustion, we also limit the real cool stuff. Mm -hmm. We limit the stuff that goes yes. We limit the stuff that goes. I have motivation now because I deserve more or I've been wanting to do this for 10 years and now it's time or I feel happy or I love this person and you know what I want them to see my passion feel feel my passion you know and and many times it's like we're going along life and it's okay it's even maybe good 
but we, we're like, and we're happy when it's not rocking too much, right? right. That, I'm <laughs> like, like, I keep seeing like, this like line, but it's like, yeah, with walls on the other side, yes. you know? And it's, box it's, ourselves in. yeah, it's like a, a lot of mentors have talked about this. Like our life, we're looking at when you come in, like what's your temperature gauge? Mm. So you have, we all have a comfort, comfort zone, right? And it's like, it may be from 65 degrees to 70 degrees. And yeah. whenever you like, let, like if life goes way down, it's cool because that's not cool, but we go into crisis, we must respond. You know, we must respond if we're in crisis. And many times we get pushed to that point because it's like, well, I can't do anything else. You know, or so you're walking down the street and someone like all of a sudden has a gun in your back. You're going to react. Yep. You're yep. going to have to do whatever you feel like you need to do to survive. Right. So, so when we go down and we try to bump up to that scent. Now, when life starts getting like great and we start making changes and we start like feeling good about ourselves mm. we start exercising we're into our yoga practice we're like meditating we're starting to drink mm-hmm. that green juice and like it mm-hmm. you know we're like life is good and all of a sudden we're like boom something happens because we went above that 70 degrees mm. and we're like we have the default in our nervous system the fear comes back in oh we better come back down because and the, yes stays safe so for, it stays yeah. in the what the norm in what is the baseline of what your nervous system is used to functioning at mm. and we all have patterns that we default to neurologically and so in network care, we're not only looking at where and how does your body go, what does it do when it's overwhelmed? How overwhelmed is it? And how can we actually lift that overwhelm, which is like noise in your nervous system? I often use that, the analogy of like our computers. Yeah. Of like, you know, I just had to get a new phone yesterday and I'm like one of those weird people I had it for like three years that's like a long time to have a phone the Verizon people were like really? you know there's like ten other versions is this one (laughs) because technology is so fast and now mine just has like not enough space and we keep filling it up and what happens when your computer is full you know and I've got the MacBook Pro with that infamous like wheel yes, right yeah and that wheel that it's just like yeah you know That's and then, I do too right now <laughs> and you're like oh my god and really what you want to do like you're downloading this thing then you go oh I can send a quick email mm-hmm. and then I can do like do a little bit on this like, document oh, and it's oh. like will you slow down yeah, exactly you're not present here mm-hmm. and so then we go to like you know the computer store like can you fix this thing can you make upgrade it yeah and so the reality that is our reality because honestly if we do want to bridge and be in the culture we do have to know how to process a lot of information we think that we avoid it when we go on the mat or we go like all these things are wonderful that we do to help support ourselves but we cannot avoid being able to like the all the information that's coming at us every day we just can't in the devastations that we hear about and, you know, the hurricanes and all the changing of the planet. We cannot avoid it. Yeah. So similar to our phones, to our computers, like like our trying to put a software program into an old computer, like is a joke. Mm-hmm. Even trying to do something of my phone that was three years old. Just trying to come and meet to where we're at right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It won't it won't. 
the, the old technology, it's moving so quickly. It can't process that information. Even, you know, last year's computer. Yeah. And yet evolutionarily, our physiology hasn't changed much in mm. the last hundred plus plus years. We didn't just get rid. We didn't have two hearts 50 right. years ago. It's, oh, we don't need that one now. You know, our horns dropped off 25 <laughs> years ago. You know, we still, some of us still have tails, our tails, right? You know, like we have the same. Yes. Well, I see yours. <laughs> but we have these same physiologies. And we're like the old computers going like, chugga, 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 yeah. chugga, chugga, chugga. We're trying, trying to, to do up. all the right things. Yeah. And yet, really... We're, we take inventory of our phones. We're taking inventory of our, our like our refrigerators, of our cars. But we've kind of forgotten this thing called the body. We may even have a beautiful spiritual practice. Yeah. But like, if we don't upgrade something here, like we're just going to kind of default to this overwhelm. And so when you come in, we're knowing that that is the baseline of our culture. We're acknowledging and saying, you know what? We get how life works because we live in it too. Mm -hmm. And we really get that we have this thing that can not only work with your nervous system to lift the fight or flight, the noise, kind of like the fragmentation that happens in your computer. Mm. That's what happens to us. That's why we're like, you know, it's like what my brother calls squirrel. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm having a conversation like, boom, you know, right, there's right. free flowing and then there's squirrels. Yes. <laughs> Such a great. It's oh, that we that. cannot process the information mm. enough to follow through with the thought. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the physical entity and how the nervous system is processing the physical sustaining of life, how your cells, your biochemistry is working in the real foundational health elements of your body. We're also looking at the emotional component, like I mentioned, and your ability to adapt. We also notice that that will show out in the long muscles of our body in our gastrointestinal tract. Mm. So many of us have challenges with our digestion, um, either upper or lower, um, and massive sensitivities because our emotional range has been stunted, yes. has been overwhelmed. And that also will show up when we assess you. And then we're looking also, how does the nervous system organize thought? Like, how do I actually look at my life, put it in a picture, figure it out and be able to organize it. Yeah. And that part is super disjointed mm -hmm. because it's like the brain's going, it's mm -hmm. like, well, I'm taking in all this information. So we look at that. How is that working for you? Mm -hmm. And we also look at like, where are you at? Like, do you have, do you, do you um, value the meaning, like a deeper meaning in things? Mm -hmm. Are you able to kind of see the bigger picture? You know, are you even like, I keep coming up thinking of the word like aware, you know, like, are you even aware of like wanting to be or, you know, aware that your brain is going a mile a minute? Absolutely. You know? and, so, and I think the biggest epidemic like is people up in that. Yeah. Way. When we're anxious, we're really aware of it. Yeah. Now, it's also, it, it, uh, you know, anxiousness is this global kind of overstimulation of the nervous system where you can't even figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a global, it's, that's an epidemic. But the true epidemic 
is what you just said is when we don't even know it. We're not conscious. Yeah. We're not conscious of it. And that's where sort of it'll default to our, our baseline health. Mm-hmm. That's why like cancer is on the rise, bumping up against like heart mm-hmm. disease and like all these other chronic and weird sort of expressions of our body or malforming um, because we're just unaware of our feedback mechanism. So we're going to work with the nervous system to help soften the noise to sort of defragment the nervous system allow your brain to hack back in (laughs) and allow the the nervous system to settle which means that the what we call the parasympathetic that is usually a sort of you know the sympathetic is always like it's always engaged well all of a sudden the healing aspects of your body when your energy of your brain is not going to the protection and the noise it actually is going to healing. So all of a sudden, people's gut starts changing. They feel a sense of peace that no matter what's happening out there, they're like, you know, I just feel like everything's okay. Mm. I'm feeling more comfortable in my own body. Mm. I'm feeling like now I can see that I, it's not my anxiousness I'm just doing anxiousness right like now. Absorbing probably from other, yeah. Yeah, and some of us, yeah. yes, and that's another thing. We're, we're looking at everyone and how they their nervous system actually processes. Some people are really very, like you just said, sensitive of others, less aware of themselves, mm. and we lose ourselves in that. Mm. And we feel like we don't have a container. And so the other aspect that that network will work with as people evolve through care is even the, and I haven't mentioned this yet, there are two waves that become facilitated in the spine. And this is one of those things that people are like, they'll look at it and they're like, what is that? Yeah. Like, that is so weird. <laughs> and it's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because it's novel to you. Yes. And... Uh, Someone I really honor, her name is Candace Pert. She's written a few books. One is called The Molecules of Emotion. And she did many lectures all over the world. And she noticed that in all of these sort of connection, human connection, kind of spiritual healing worlds, that people would often talk about their experiences as weird. So she finally was like, I'm going to look this word up. Yeah. And so she looks it up and she looks and it's weird. It comes from this Anglo-Saxon word meaning spiritual or faith or truth. Really? And that's so when anybody sits that. up and they're like, it. I don't know, that's like, I'm feeling, it's just weird. And I'm like, yes, yes. it is. <laughs> that's awesome. It <laughs> is. So <laughs> when we you initially come in, we're just like, you don't even know we're tra- tracking this. We're just, we're listening to you. And we know how the nervous system, we, we understand the nervous system's dynamicism and your systems, how they're affected from your musculature to the spinal cord, to your breathing, mm-hmm. to your heart rhythms. And all of these things integrate in our capacity to see how we're going to serve you. And in network care, there are three what we call seasons of care. And what I love about network is that we're actually working with your nervous system, with your physiology, and you are actually progressing and going somewhere. You're actually learning. Like Mm -hmm. we're setting breadcrumbs for your brain to go back again and again. So you actually start self, if I will, adjusting or assessing your life much more effectively. So the first part that happens as we work with you is this respiratory wave. Respiration, of course, means breath, Mm -hmm. but we're always breathing. What happens is when we make these contacts along the spine, it starts, we're going to the area of the spine 
not with a noise that's going like no more, no more. We're going to the areas of the spine that are want to have a conversation. Mm. We're going to the part of the spine where the brain goes, what? Oh, yeah, speak to me. And it starts waking up the higher brain again, and the higher brain goes, oh, and it just starts to naturally and organically start to unwind the noise and the information and the tension that you've mm. been building and that you tend to in uh, patterns of holding. Um, so the first part of care, people just feel like... I can breathe. Yeah. Truly breathe. I've had like men sit up that you would never think would say like, wow, it's a really nice color you have on the walls. You know, like all of a sudden there's this Mm. body presence where when the noise drops, you start to notice life again. things in a different way. I've had moms come in and say, oh my God, I've got five five minutes and I got to pick up the kids and I got to do this. And we're like, let's get you on the table. We've got (laughs) you. We've got you. (laughs) We've got you, Annie. Thank you. (laughs) And we take care of them. Mm. They're done. And I'm back here and we're in the, the... entertainment room right now I'm back here caring for people and I hear that person's voice 45 minutes sometimes an hour later and I'm like they had five minutes so then after the shift I you know I talked to the girls up front and they're like oh well you know what she called her friend or her husband and said pick up the kids and suddenly there was a different perception Mm. on what was possible in her life yeah and the analogy I love to give is that your nervous system is the perceiver of all, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And when you, like if you imagine looking out a window, and that's the window of your nervous system, and you're looking out at your life, and your life you can just see through that one window. Mm -hmm. And through that window you see a raging river. And through that window, right on the corner of the pane, you see a little girl that's like two years old. Mm. What are you gonna do? Seriously, like, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to run, run, right? Run and go get her. Like, I mean, yeah. that's like my heart just right, thinking I know. about that. Like, you're going to probably jump out the window. <laughs> but the point is, is you're going to react, and you're going to react fast, and it's going to feel very stressful. Because in that yeah. moment, you're going to be saving a life. Yeah. And when we start working with you, and the noise mm. stops... What happens in fight or flight is the perception narrows. Mm. So your perception starts to broaden. And it's like taking out this whole wall. So you still have this window, but now all this whole wall is blown out. So you have one big, huge picture window. window. Yeah. You see the raging river. You see the two-year-old. And now you see mama a foot away from her. Mm. Is your response going to be different to the yes. same landscape of life? Amazing totally different and that's what I see in people they come in and they're like you know normally this thing at work would have stressed me out and it's really weird it's like and it's different than going yeah no big deal I can't do anything it's like wow it really didn't bother me really aware of that yeah or I I actually spoke up Mm. and I'm like I never do that Mm. and so the biggest honor I have is watching people light up to their magic again, light up to who they really are, whether it's as simple as saying something at work, whether it's as simple as realizing that this neck pain they've been having is like the sorrow of losing their mom mm-hmm. or as a relationship they haven't known what to do with because this, like people will talk about their life 
and they'll talk about their body as if they're completely separate. Right, right. And this body is the movie projector of our life. What I love about that too, Deb, is like just that idea. You, you, you're essentially the container in here of that safety and and helping people, as you've said, like tap into their own inner magic again, as opposed to, you know, just the societal. I'm being very general here, like cultural thing of, um, I'm feeling this pain. Dr. Deb, can you just fix it yeah. and make it go away? Yeah. Um, you're you're saying, okay, we're going to work with this and listen. Yeah. What is that pain saying? Yeah. And then how you're helping people tap into their own tools that are yes. already within them. They're already it's so within them. Empowering. You hit the nail right on the head. It's like if we lose signal on our phone, we don't throw it out the window and say, I gotta get a new phone. We've just lost signal. And there's many ways in which we mute our signal mm. in our nervous system and we get it back online. We literally hack into the hard drive of your nervous system and you start to wake up and you know how to get back there. Mm. And so the levels of care, each level of care, clinically, we are measuring the changes that are happening in what we call the coherence, the ability of your nervous system to move and process information of life, again, physically, and so that will start with structural changes, flexibility changes, mm. people healing from things that they have uh, physically, like chronically been uh, working with, um, more support. People come in here even, you know, if they're cancering or they have disease not to get cured, but to light up their nervous system so that they can they can get the wisdom they need. Yeah. Everything has wisdom. Yeah. And so many times when we hurt, it is natural to want to move away from it. Yeah. And what people, I want people to also understand about this care, it's not like we're saying, you got to think about it. Your body just handles it. And that's where I'm still practicing, like letting go. And I want to just like being on the table and saying, like I, I, Dr. Deb has me, I trust and like, but the, to drop out of the head, yeah. I think it's one of the hardest things. And you know what? I want to, I want to invite you to really consider that you don't have to do anything. Right. You can, you can think all you want. This work will do it in spite of that. Mm. You, people think they have to be in a meditative state. They're going to stop thinking all those kinds of things. You are right where you need to be. Each level of care is addressing different aspects. When we get to level two and transform, you're starting to really transform how, what, like how you organize thought, what your thought patterns are, how you see yourself, how much courage you feel of knowing who you really are, mm. discovering new parts of yourself that you didn't even know, that you were kind of just going along with the culture, how you grew up, and like stepping into a larger version of yourself and you are not alone to feel like we have so much noise mm -hmm. that is part of the fragmentation of the thought process mm -hmm. and we have to try to control it yeah. yeah and the controlling is part of that fight or flight of going oh my god i have to control it or i'm going to break down and so what we do is we control it by filling ourselves up even with more noise. Mm. Like people want white noise because there's already so much noise. Mm. And so when you come in here and you start, you're a sensitive person in a great way. You feel something. And it's crazy because the very thing we want, we also are simultaneously a little nervous or afraid about it. Oh, yeah. I just had someone the other day did some filming. He's like, well, I'm kind of afraid. And I said, I get it. It feels weird. We say we want connection, but we're scared to death of it. Yes. Yeah. We're scared to death of it. Because what happens with the noise is we have started to believe unconsciously and consciously that we aren't enough. That we're not worthy enough. 
We shouldn't really be loved. We're not smart enough. All those things are under there. So we go, I don't want to feel that. Yeah. But what we forget is connection is peace. Connection is joy. Connection is remembering who you really are. Connection is the difference between what I was like with my as a mom before I get network care. I'd be like, oh God, I gotta practice. I gotta do this. I get I want to be with him. I want to be the best mom I can. Yeah. So I'm gonna spend six hours with my son completely disconnected, running around from place to place. Then I get network care and suddenly I'm like my God, I can have a half hour with my child. Like fully which connected. Yeah. So much more powerful yeah. than six hours of running around and disjointed nuttiness. Yeah. And really being exhausted. And that leads me to a story of my own experience with network when I was really just starting to get it and uh, receive it. And I came home after a long day and, um, you know, like there's always that running track as a mom, like feeling yeah. guilty. Like I was gone all day and I love serving people and I love doing that. And I'm so grateful all the changes that these people are making. And yet, what a crappy mom. I wasn't with my son all day. And what is he? He's like an excited puppy. That's like my mom's Mm. home. Mm. So I'm trying to put his pajamas on and he's got those footy pajamas. Mm. That kid would not put his feet in there no matter what. So (laughs) I was like getting angry and I was like frustrated because I'm like, I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm already feeling guilty. Maybe don't even know I'm feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. But now I'm starting to feel. I'm starting to feel my body in a way. There's a difference to say you're angry and feel it. When you feel emotion, it moves and it's done. You don't hang out with it. It does what it needs to do. It puts its stamp on it. It allows you to make the change and you're on your way. So I'm now feeling this. And I'm going, wow, I'm really frustrated. Like, I'm realizing, like, I just want to throw my kid out the window. And that's, like, the worst thing ever because I love my child. Right. I don't really want to do that. I know I don't. But, boy, why am I feeling so frustrated with him? What a real raw, like, acknowledgement. Yeah. And I'm like, this poor kid is just so excited to see me. But what I don't realize is how much, at that point, that new to care, how much we're responding to each other mm-hmm. in the invisible energy that we can't see, in the threads of patterning. Our nervous system is like radio waves that go out. And what the radio waves going out to my child at that time was like, mom's stressed. Mm-hmm. Mom is not here. She's worrying about X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and letters that we don't even know are in the alphabet. And so he, what does he I can do? so relate to this. He's stuff. like getting riled up more yeah. and I'm getting more irritated and all of a sudden something shifted. And this is what's cool about the network care. It's like my physiology shifted and something like went, oh, you know what? Like, honey, my whole, the tone of my voice changed. Honey, mommy's body is really grumpy right now. And that's how I said it. it was like I could feel it in my body finally mm. like something was like the grumpiness was in my body mm. and I was like mommy's body's really grumpy right now I suggest you put your pajamas on <laughs> and I I don't think I even finished the last word and he like boom two zipped seconds up. zipped it up himself he was like it was on and what he felt in that moment is authenticity yeah what he felt in that moment is the rhythm of my body moving out of fight or flight and just being with the energy not having to avoid it we spend a lot of energy avoiding mm. because we're secretly petrified and what I want everybody to know is we're all secretly petrified 
petrify it. It's a collective. It is a collective. And when your nervous system can come online in these waves in which eight universities are studying right now, this wave, the second wave that comes in your spine suspends the patterns, the anchors around your spine Mm. that hold on to the identity of who you think you are. And who you get to be or not get to be. Yeah. And suddenly when this starts to suspend, we start going, whoa, like, wait a minute. There's more. Mm. I'm more. I get to be more. And it's just like the most magical thing to watch people. They physically look different. Their bodies are stronger. All of a sudden they're like making big, bold moves. I mean, they shock the heck out of me. They sit down and like, this is what I need to. Like they start. It's now, uh, you know, it's a. It's a union that we're working together. Mm. And I always tease people. I'm like, these network people, they just get so cocky. They tell me what they... Because now they're like embodied. They feel powerful. They feel powerful. And it's not just us doing something to them. And there there are very specific strategies that we look for clinically to measure the outcomes of these changes in your nervous system. And eventually what happens in level three is this wave that I'm speaking of that suspends and frees up bound information in your nervous system that has kept you in like narrower perspectives starts to move through your heart. Wow. And I can still remember the first time I felt that. I I honestly don't have words for it. Wow. And, you know, embryologically, your heart develops before your brain. Yeah. So what's magical that has happened is through this care, you're just going back home. Mm, That's so beautiful. And if we could start as a culture filtering information life through our heart and then our brain goes, oh, that's a pretty cool thing to, Mm. to, uh, you know, to code it with. Mm. And how does that change who we get to be, how we act, how we relate to others, what else we get to see that normally we don't get to see because we're in this narrow frame. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dev, thank you so much just to go back to for sharing that Mm -hmm. snapshot and that story of Mm -hmm. that moment with you and Bailey. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I imagine a lot of other, I know I can relate to that. Other caregivers, parents, guardians can relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this will be quick, but I want to, it's reminding me of my mom. I went to a program with her, with Donnie, and we were receiving care, and this was all new to her. And I had this very powerful experience on the table. And you may have already witnessed that sometimes people make sounds, just Mm -hmm. like a dog or cat in the morning. Like, there's so much life expression that's not had in our world. And it's kept down like and bottled I, up it's and, bottled yeah. up. And as we repress it, it pops up somewhere else, mm. which is unfortunate. Um, and so we were at this program and I'm making this sound. I'm in this place of cosmic bliss. My whole body feels like it's just, it's light. And between each cell and each cell felt like it was light. And I'm, when I'm in that spacious moment, everything slows down. Mm. Everything is, you know, I feel connected to everything. And then not too long after that moment, I feel this kind of really hard grasp on my hand that was slightly disruptive because it was like, what? And I, and, and my mom and I were so, 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 so close. And she said, I can feel your pain. And the profoundness of sharing this story is that everything happens through vibration, through waves, the internet. Like we see a wave in a spine and we think it's weird. 
what's talking on a cell phone? Right. What's right. Get, you yeah. like anyone listening to this podcast is what, using waves yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. So um, her perception of her very own daughter mm. was thinking that she was coming over to solace me because I was in pain and I was in a complete different experience so far from pain. But how many times in life are we responding because our nervous system has hardened enough where it can only understand information like it's listening through a transistor radio yeah and all of a sudden you got a bow stereo system and you're hearing all the subtleties and the intricacies and sounds become much more rangeful emotions the feeling of being alive becomes so, so much more rich and you know people often ask me like how are you like always good or how are you always happy like being around you is this energy it's like I feel the things you feel. Mm. Do I feel sad? Yes. Do I drop to my knees sometimes? Mm. Absolutely. But I feel it. It moves me. It shakes me. And it inspires me. And that's just when we increase the range of our nervous system, we increase the range of every aspect of our life. And depending on who we are, we need different supports for those things. And what's beautiful about network care is we're, we're moving you through in a very clinical, reproducible way that we can measure those embodied changes and, and coherence upgrades of your nervous system. So like, it's time for an upgrade. It really is. Like we're upgrading everything else, but ourselves. I would say like the universe and the energies out there are constantly upgrading. So absolutely. So it's the vibrancy or yes. And that's it. It's the accessibility to it. Mm. We forget that when we get on a cell phone, we don't see any wires. We forget that this energy, this connection is between all of us is around us 24 seven. And it's just waiting for us to access. Mm -hmm. And our nervous system in these areas along the spine that we develop called spinal gateways become these radio interfaces of information between the energy of consciousness and your physiology Mm -hmm. and your nervous system. So you get to interpret more of the pulse of life and you start to wake up again. And, you know, there's that. <laughs> it's so it's so incredible with that. It's I and like just like I just keep coming back to the the expansiveness and the feeling. Mm. Um, and and I was just thinking about your snapshot of what you shared as a little girl with your brothers and mm. um, you kind of feeling being just societally told that your sensitivity was had to be kind of narrowed in and boxed. Mm-hmm. So when did that, I'm curious to know, was it network healing for you that helped to shift that inner judge yes. to around Absolutely. that? Because that's what comes up for me personally in listening to totally. you. It's like, I feel that. I know in my head that it's so important to allow this full, um, I keep opening my arms. <laughs> yes. You guys can see us, right? <laughs> this full expansion of, of feelings and yes. emotions. Yeah. Um, I know that in my head, but what comes up for me, and I know a lot of people is just the, the inner judge of like, oh no, that's not okay. That's not allowed. That's yes. or what we may have grown up with. Absolutely. So. It's a great, great question. And so the, the quick answer is yes, through network care, through receiving network care, the neurology that started changing my nervous system and the patterns of how I can organize thought and, and the judge comes up in what we call the mental intelligence. It's like how we run information, how what we think of ourselves, how we compare ourselves with the culture. And so What happens is when this wave moves through the spine, it suspends that inner judge. It literally suspends the inner judge. And for a moment, 
you actually are able to see information. And so as you move through care, Mm -hmm. you're moving through different posturings or lenses of the world through your through your physiology and through care and that's continues to suspend and as it does there's like a new baseline mm-hmm. of patterning of who you are and that inner judge starts to kind of sort of dissipate and you will begin and this is what happens is you will begin to as you go through care you'll begin to notice when that judge comes up it's a different you viewing that judge. And mm. even the judge starts to change. Yeah. And what is cool, whether it's a physical pain or a judge, that your relationship, you start to navigate that. And it's not the same. Mm. It's not the same at how you, you actually take it as a messenger now and going, oh, I can see that I'm not trusting yeah. the sensitivity. It's not someone that you hate now. Yeah. Your judge is like the sen- you know, sentient being that's come and is going, look at what happens to me. I get all ugly and judgy because I want to remind you how brilliant you are. Mm. And so that's what's really cool. Like when I my body expresses now, it will express like quickly. And sometimes I can have like pain, whether it's a headache or pain in my arm. And it's like, it's always about my life. It's never... I did, you know, I can do something. And even if I trip over a rock, what was I thinking? Why did I trip over that rock? So everything is now a messenger in which I get to relate with. Mm -hmm. And I'm super grateful for that. And I feel like in that, I changed the trajectory of what my son gets to experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a history of cancer in my family. Like cancer, as far as I'm concerned, is not being able to connect with that inner judge, is the beautiful, believe it or not, adaptation strategies that our nervous system and body have to move around the stuff that's uncomfortable. And so we start to um, adapt and we adapt. And the more we adapt, our cells don't get the same information and they have to mutate. Mm -hmm. And then they mutate more because they're working on less energy. And when we have more accessibility to our life energy of all sorts, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, we we can face and and even embrace yeah when we have low energy we like problems seem huge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we have all the energy in the world whether it's like our mental energy there is no judge the judge is sleeping yeah the judge (laughs) is is like checked out so we have the energy we need for life suddenly there are opportunities there's there's really, there's no problems. There's like, oh, wow, I, I, this came to me yeah. because I'm ready. Yeah. So those are some of the more transformed kind of things that people go through. So what I'm really curious with is I feel like we could talk for, we could talk I for know. days. We'll do an, um, we'll do I definitely want to do another one with you. Well, what I'm, I'm really curious about around this energy um, for you, aside from clearly continuing to receive and um, engage in your network care um, for you Mm -hmm. what what fuels you dev like as a in in a daily practice or a sacred practice for you what nourishes your soul your core and gives you energy to stay alive and present in your practice yeah that's a a great question it's been asked so many times and um you know (laughs) i'm going to start general like life energizes me and and um 
in really for me nature is huge mm-hmm. I have to be outside yeah and even in these four seasons of being in New England I really appreciate and there are sometimes I'm like wow that's really you know I have to but it forces me to do something yeah to to be present with my surroundings so um the commitment of showing up I think is one of my biggest gifts and and that means just showing up and of for myself in a way that says, wow, this matters and this will fuel me and feed me. So the part of me that has a value that maybe started long ago as a defended sense of self of like, I've got to show up and I got to do well and I got to, has morphed into this like, I am here to build a legacy, not from my mind, but from my soul that says, you know, I need to create ripples while I'm here because mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. Yeah. You are. And so, thank you. And so what drives me in that is like deciding to go, okay, I am going to make, and this is relatively new, I'm going to make joy first. Or I'm going to like, no matter what, before I walk into this building, I am going to do something that lights me up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I may have five minutes and I watch a video. Mm-hmm. It could be that simple. Moving my body has always been a, a very important thing, whether it be through running or yoga or bike. You know, I've done many different things. Probably running has been the longest and yoga the second longest. But, um, you know, I, I might put good things in my body, not because I should. What network has helped my body to do is just be in rhythm with what feels right. Mm-hmm. Like there was a year that I ate raw. Mm. and um and it felt great and I was going to do it for a week and I did it for a year and then it like kind of went away and I was like okay Mm -hmm. and so it's not like oh I should be doing this if I feel like I want chocolate it's like oh my body wants that um I tease people because I said well your bad habits kind of like can't really you know you don't can't have a lot of bad habits when your body gets more connected yeah because like you go you're like okay i'm gonna have that drink i'm gonna have another drink and your body's like what like no you're gonna feel so crappy you're never gonna want to do this again so um so there's that piece that's been very helpful but but i do commit uh you know there's something i developed called the energy dance in which i move because when you start seeing people getting trained you'll see each of the intelligences the physical the emotional the mental they all move in your physiology very specifically and so i do this dance in which i actually call those energies and move my body Mm -hmm. in the way that they express through my physiology or through your physiology and so um i start my day with that i make sure i do the basic things i drink water you know do i i do cleanses sometimes i do these things but i i really i think the important thing is is that i just um, I go with what feels what I'm being called to. And sometimes we feel stuck. Yeah. And we have to force ourselves. And I will tell people, I'm like, you know what? Right now you get to just force it. You get to fake it till you make it and go, I'm going to do this for two weeks, you know, whatever it is. And what's cool about people through care is the embodied strategies start happening. So it's much more supportive. Yes. It's not just a thought process of I should be doing this. So what lights me up is really having every day, there's something or multiple things that I do that support life, mm-hmm. that light me up, 
that remind me. Um, and I have been through some of the most painstakingly experiences in my life through these 20 plus years of being at Wellspring, where I have been like ripped open from, I've lost both my parents, mm-hmm. I've had a breakup of a marriage, I've had all many, many different things. And I will still like whatever it is from lighting a candle before I go in and looking in that flame and feeling my mom and going in and taking a shower Mm -hmm. and just little things that take like a half a second. And probably the biggest thing that I get to do is I get to look into people's eyes. And what I tell people all the time is say, give yourself three more seconds with somebody. Yeah where you're just holding their gaze for three more seconds. Mm. You have to do it more than that. Otherwise, it just gets weird. People are like, I don't have time for this. Unless you're at like a yoga (laughs) retreat, that's okay. (laughs) But like in the everyday, you got to do things that suit you, you know? And so it doesn't have to be a lot. And the other thing that I... That when I love, I'm just going to say, yeah, I love that you you say that, Deb, because that, come, that was coming up for me and listening to you. I was like, yeah, she just said five minutes there or like, you know, two minutes there. Like just for all you listeners out here, you know, and, and to, I'm reminding myself, you know, when I've worked with people in the past too, it's like, it doesn't have to be that hour. You it know, we think, doesn't. what do you, what do you need um, to give to yourself to really access that energy and joy? And just like you shared earlier in this podcast that example of you would spend six hours with Bailey running around thinking that was time but what was actually like quality time was a half hour rich Mm -hmm. connection so absolutely so thank you yes that's huge and that's the the two components is that it doesn't have to take a lot of time and so just pick one or two things it could be like you know what I'm going to carry the water bottle I'm going to make sure I fill it up even two times don't even go crazy and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take you know look at three people in the eye for three more seconds today Mm. like keep like and do that for two weeks Mm -hmm. or you know and and the other thing is that I think what happens is we build rituals whatever those rituals are for us um and some of and we make them too lofty for one which we just said but the other thing is that rhythms change so we'll go off of our rituals and we'll tend to the, the inner critic will come out and we'll go oh my god I didn't do that I'm off my ritual and fell off the wagon I fell off the wagon totally yes and so you know I like to look at that and go wow did I fall off the wagon or is something changing where maybe there's some other ritual or some tweaks that I need to make that bring novelty in that it's just that I'm changing so and that's the beautiful thing about a ritual it's like some may stay with you like running has stayed with me since I was a kid but how I run Mm -hmm. how long I run Mm -hmm. how fast I run that has been across the gamut and so it's really like let yourself listeners like let yourself let those rituals change and if rituals are um, new for you like just make them super simple you know have a glass of water before you do anything else. Don't have your coffee first. Do that even if, you know. Yeah. And, you know, go ahead and just let yourself, your body move however it maybe wants. Put your favorite song on and that's it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Like start your day. Feel yourself come alive. Get in the shower and try to listen between the, 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 the you know, the water. Yeah. You know, like there's easy stuff to do that takes no extra effort, but it's it's quantum and how it can impact your life. Mm. Beautiful. I love it. 
Oh, this has been so <laughs> sacred. I've been tearing up multiple times through this conversation. So thank you, Deb. Oh my gosh. Is thank there, you. Oh, I know. We and I definitely want to come back and do this again. Yes, for please, sure. Please, please. Is what's the best, easiest way for anyone who's listening who doesn't know you to how can they find you? Well, you can um, call us, which is 603-742-3270. We do have the intro talks once a month. We have two amazing um, other facilitators, doctors of network, which have been under my tutelage, which is great as any doctor that's been here in the last few years. Mm. I got to teach them when I was teaching. So it's like this lineage coming Mm. through. Um, So they're they're applying and, and expressing very similar so there's kind of this kind of sweet brand coming out of it so um our website is wellspring um dover.com and so you can read a little bit more about us there um and facebook we have like just little even snippets of videos and i and i post um several times a week just um just for inspiration and things to think about um but that's at wellspring center for well-being is our page so um yeah and your posts and your newsletters are so so rich and inspiring. Thank and you. Powerful. We try to, that's actually goes into the ritual. It's like if I, if someone can open up a newsletter and they just look at the video yep. or they just look at the quote mm-hmm. or they want to see, cause I talk a little bit about network and that's all they're into. You know, for, for a year I used to open up elephant journal. I used to just be like, okay, there's the quote. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. I'd read an article, right. but I knew I'd read the quote. Yes. And I'm like, so I want things with meaning, mm-hmm. you know? So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Cause that's great feedback. Um, so yeah, we would love to, it's a beautiful environment. We have just, everyone here is loving and caring and, um, starting care here is, is not only life changing for your, you, but you really get to meet a lot of wonderful people. And sometimes this becomes part of your tribe or often it does. Yeah. So, and I love that you in the beginning shared that it it can feel like home for, for many. Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely speak to that sense of warmth and safety and home um I often come out of the entertainment home and um I'm like I don't want to leave this feels I know, like, let's just stay in this in this um light totally you know? so it's then how can we carry that with us as we yeah, go so absolutely beautiful. and there's such a range of people that come that's another thing I wanted to say you know some people a lot of people just say gosh we heard about either network care um, because they've heard of me through through the years or, um, you know, a friend that comes here, um, you know, people experience many things. They're ready for a breakthrough. They're physically hurting. Um, they're, they're having massive anxiety. They're depressed. They're exhausted. Mm. Um, there's so many things that aren't even necessarily bad, but people do feel those things as well because these are very gastrointestinal things are mm-hmm. huge across the board. Um, like I said, some people come because they are cancering and they know that um, turning on their nervous system is going to help support that process for them. And um, so there's many different reasons that motivate people um, to come. And so, you know, and we you also see young kids. Yes. Thank babies, you. Right? Huge. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have, will ask like, gosh, you're like, what's wrong with the baby? Um, and here we're, we're about what's right with you. Yeah. And so there are many things to come into a world like this. Well, first of all, all moms are living in a very inundated, stressful world because we're living in this modern day time of that. So already that process of, of pregnancy 
Um, there can be lots of stresses. Um, but working with babies is amazing because these waves develop because that's really, if you see a newborn baby, you'll actually see some of that wave mm. happening organically. And we quickly start losing the natural resonances and how the nervous system communicates in what we call acoustic waves. And so um, we do, we take care of babies, we take care of children from like, you know, I've had colicky babies to, um, you know, really sick babies to, um, you know, having intestinal challenges to kids having like, you know, ADHD challenges to autism, to cerebral palsy. Like I've had so many different experiences, um, with kids and, um, you know, voice challenges, learning challenges. Mm. Um, it's amazing to watch kids like, get care because it's just it's 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 fast and they're still pretty connected to source but yet they're trying to take all this information in and mm-hmm. i think some of the specialists children are the ones that are the most sensitive and they're you know getting these like getting overloaded and so we really just arm them with the energy and, yeah. and the nervous system that they need to really be thriving so thank you for bringing yeah. that up because that's huge like yeah. families and kids and babies and we take care of pregnant moms all the way through um, not too long ago you know one of our moms um, her water broke and she came right here oh my gosh. and then moments later she had her baby wow. at home and then like her baby came it was just like amazing it was that's all amazing. I keep waiting for the baby to actually come out here. here yeah it's been close <laughs> yeah. yeah we've I've helped wow. you know moms that aren't going into labor and mm-hmm. So there's been just many, and it's not about correcting it. It's just really about letting, like, turning that energy on. Yeah. So um, it's wow. pretty pretty fun, and it's it's a humbling and honoring and beautiful experience to witness all of the different ranges of people I've been able to over the last 20-plus years. So grateful for that. You are so. a powerful, beautiful, compassionate healer, Deb. I'm grateful you, to Annie. connect with Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. I know. I'm, Thank you so much for this time. I'm already yes. looking forward to our next conversation. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This was just, um, I love being able to um, share with other beautiful people who are doing what you're doing. And I want to thank you for inviting me for one, but just for doing what you're doing, you know, in the middle of momhood, but having a calling and going for it. Thank you. And so thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with you and and to just be with you. You are most welcome. It feels (laughs) absolutely special that I get to kind of launch back into it, you know, really diving back into podcasting. Um, I've had moments of like ups and downs with this journey and it's something that I feel really lit up in. And so to start again with you feels absolutely perfect. So it's thank an you. honor. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Look forward to next time. Me too. <laughs>